Hello and welcome to the weekly recap. This is week 44. Week 44. We've, this is the, what was the? What uh, was Brooks Orpik is the only one that I could Brooks come Orpik. up with. That's fine. That's fine. Um, Jake, we've been doing that for a couple of weeks. Jake, but... anyone? No, I don't have, I don't have one. Actually, I wasn't prepared for this. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, so we've been doing this for 44 weeks, and I think we've said this every single episode after like 36, but how, did how we get the this far? fuck are we doing this still? <laughs> um, so it's kind of a big week. This kind of came out of nowhere. Kind yes. of, you know. About like four five hours, hours yeah, ago. Four yeah. or five hours ago, we, uh, <laughs> we have a special guest on the podcast this week. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Trevor. Um, I guess technically I've known these guys for quite a while. Grew up up the street from them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not so, me. Uh, not yeah. me. The twins. Yes. So. <laughs> well, I mean, you grew up there too. So technically. True. True. Um, yeah. So Trevor, uh, Trevor is one of the bartenders at Dancing Gnome, our favorite place as we talk about it all the time. Um, um, and we're happy to have him on, on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna drink some beer. He bought, he, uh, brought some beer over and, uh, I'm very excited to try this one. Yeah. So I feel like you're, ahead. you're downplaying, uh, the, the stuff that Trevor has done. He is not just a bartender at Dancing Gnome. He has worked this for is true. some of the, the most well-known breweries, I would say, at least in the like hop culture circuit mm-hmm. or one of the most well-known, right, Trevor? Yeah, I believe. Uh, Hop Culture's first event was Dancing Gnome's first anniversary party. It was a collaborative festival. Um, Hop Culture is a company, basically, for those that don't know, that got started in primarily New York, but for the first few months of their creation and early stages, they were also doing a lot of stuff out of Pittsburgh, so they have a lot of Pittsburgh ties. Um, so Dancing Gnome's been pretty heavily involved with the majority of their events. Yeah. And yeah. you've also worked for... Previ- Previously, I was at Triple Crossing for um, two and a half years, a little under three, maybe. Wow. That's a long time. Dang. Quite a while. So they that's that's what I really <laughs> want to talk about is your experiences down there. I remember, because we, we talked about that, I don't know, it's probably been like a couple of years now. Let me, uh, let me just read the name of this beer real quick that we're <laughs> drinking while we're talking. Is that all right? Is that okay, Jake? Yeah, go ahead. Jake, is that yeah. all right? You want to? Sure. You sure? That's okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, Maine and Half Acre collaboration called Son of Sapping Mammoth IPA. Is it an IPA? Yeah. You you're kidding, right? No, no, it's very light for an IPA though. At least. Dang, this is good. Yeah, six and a half percent. Obviously, it's in a Maine bottle, which I freaking love their designs. Yeah. Um, great place this is a little bit older i got this i was previously on a week-long vacation in new england probably beginning of october um so this is a little bit older it's held up fairly well um definitely falling off a bit but still a very enjoyable beer i agree yeah Yeah, it's got it's got a lot very light but it's very i feel like you still get that hop character which is good i really enjoy it yeah i feel like it's maybe a little bit on the multi side Mm -hmm. um just probably just because of age but right yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, tell us a little bit about uh, working down at Triple Crossing. Like, how did you get in with those guys? Was that like after college, or were you like kind of um, just uh, give yeah. us a little bit of a rundown if you don't mind? After I graduated, I moved to Charleston for a year ish um, from Savannah, Georgia, mm. and I was kind of looking for areas. Richmond seemed like a good landing spot. 
we, my girlfriend and I at the time, had a handful of reasons. I wanted to get into tattooing or into the beer industry, and so Richmond was very full of both. So kind of hedged my bet. We moved up there. Um, within a couple months, I saw Triple Crossing, which had become one of my favorite places to go, was hiring, so I just randomly threw in a resume and got a part-time job. I worked probably two days a week for two or three months and then became a full-time bartender and then um, eventually probably five, six months in, became a tasting room manager once we expanded. Um, and ran with that for a while. I was doing that for, I guess, at that point, two years, a little under two years maybe. So I don't know a whole lot about Triple Crossing, so they have a couple of locations then? Yeah, um, December 16th, 2016, they opened up their second facility, which at the time was the would qualify them as the only brewery in Richmond to have two breweries within city limits. Um, the original one was very small, very hard to kind of find with next to no parking, and about two and a half, three miles down the road on the east limits of the city, we literally were the last building in the city limits, and the city didn't want to give us water because we were so far out, but we were like, I mean, you technically have to. We <laughs> are inside this jurisdiction. You need to provide water for us. Yeah. Um, we opened up a much larger... <clears throat> um, I don't want to call it a production facility because we weren't. The goal wasn't to produce enough beer to distro. Um, they do distribute some beer. Uh, pretty much the flagship Falcon Smash, which is an IPA, and maybe a handful Great of beer. other IPAs, double IPAs. Um, but the goal was to start canning. So they opened up a 33,000-square-foot uh, brew pub with a pizza kitchen. Um, previously, it was a HVAC repair and air conditioning repair, refrigeration repair, kind of all-in-one warehouse. Um, opened up with a 20-barrel system and a couple 40-barrel fermenters, which soon they continue to outgrow. I believe right now there's two 60-barrel fermenters, four or five 40-barrel fermenters, two 30-barrel fooders, and I think they just got some lagering tanks in as well. Wow. That was maybe a week or two ago. Easy. So, um, Triple Crossing basically has been producing hop forward beer predominantly in Richmond since 2014. Um, oh, so, you got in pretty early on then, right? I yeah, mean, I think it was just after the second anniversary when I got hired. I, I think I had just missed that, but was there for maybe six months before the expansion started. Wow. So, I got to see that place get thrown together. It's pretty cool. That's crazy. Wow. That's a lot of beer. Yeah. <laughs> so you're obviously still in contact with a lot of those guys, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, Do you get down there often? or? Since I moved back up here four, three, four months ago, I've been going down like once a month for various things. I had to add a couple of loose ends to tie up or at a wedding down there, stuff like that. But I haven't been down in a while. Okay. Um, I don't know when the next, I don't really have a scheduled visit lined yeah. up for next time. Cool. That's great. What's your what's your pitch to people who are from New England or Pittsburgh or the Midwest or anywhere that's not Richmond, Virginia to make a trip down there to go see that place? <clears throat> I know you don't work for them anymore, but like I'm sure that you have a lot of good feelings towards those guys. Unless you did get fired, which if you did, I apologize for bringing this up. <laughs> no, I, I did not get fired. It's um, a really shitty question. Yeah, Jake, what the fuck? <laughs> I was not fired. Um, I'm sure there would have been opportunities for that, but I was not <laughs> technically fired. Um, no, things ended on really 
amicable terms. Um, still in contact with most of the people. The team had grown quite a bit since the expansion. Um, when I first started, it was similar to Dancing Gnome size. Maybe there was 10 of us total, including owners, brewers, and front of the house staff. Um, when we opened up the second place, immediately we hired 25 new people. Wow. So Jesus. I'm close with the, a lot of people, um, even people that were there when I first started that left before the expansion. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they make great beer. I, it's definitely worth the trip down. Um, and Richmond's ridiculous because there's so much good beer. Everything is extremely well-priced and easy to get to, uh, very accessible. But I would probably throw a bigger pitch to the city. It's awesome. Um, extremely small. I think you can get from like the east, like very far east to very far west. It's like six miles, seven miles, the whole city. And it's not a very big city north to south. So you're pretty much just going down one or two streets and you can hit the majority of places. Um, a lot of big name breweries down there, Triple Crossing, The Vale, The Answer. Um, there's some <laughs> other guys people don't know as much about. Um, Ardent's great. Hardywood's down there. Um, a couple of new places opening. The previous assistant and then head brewer at The Answer and the lager brewer at Hardywood opened up a place recently called Bingo. They have done some phenomenal beer that I've had. And wow. new place named Table. They just opened. It's a lot of um, spontaneous and mixed fermentation beers. I believe all aimed to be lower ABV. I think that's why they're calling it Table. They're table beers. Um, less aggressive, more approachable. And... Brandon Tolbert, the former head brewer of The Answer, is also going to be opening a spot. So just as far as beer goes, phenomenal city to be in. Um, but also food and bev in general is just blowing up. It's some of the best food I've had for extremely cheap just because all the all the chefs are coming down from New York and D.C. to open up restaurants for a lot more affordable prices than the other cities. And, I mean, I, I can go out to some places and spend like $70, and that, that's for two people have a bottle of wine, like – two appetizers, two entrees, two desserts. I'm I'm honestly sold. It's a good yeah, city. Right? Like, you cool city. <laughs> literally sold me with that. So, <laughs> Go ahead, so Jay. when's the next weekly recap trip down there? Um, um, no, it's actually interesting that uh, you were in Richmond. So there, the project that I'm working on up here uh, in Bend, there's a, it's like a, I would call it like a sister project. It's the same type of thing. So we're doing, we're, we're commissioning stuff in the data center. And they're building another data center in or outside of Richmond. Okay. So I think I might I could potentially have an opportunity to go down there if uh, if they need some help or anything in the next like couple of months. So I would say take I'll it. definitely look out for those places. You'll have to I'll hit you up if I do. Yeah. And you'll have to give me some some tips on where to go and what sure. to see. I mean, I I've had like I've had one beer from is the answer is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, that was the ice cream. Some yeah, some popsicle. Sure. Yeah, one of those yeah. sour. They, sours. That was yeah. one of the best sours I think I've ever had, and like that alone could get me down to Richmond. How far of a drive is that? Is it like six? It's probably or? five on average. I've done it in four and a half, but I've also done it in like eight. Yeah. So it, <laughs> it depends. depends on I usually go are you through, cutting through DC? I'll go DC and just hope yeah. I get lucky. Yeah. Um, oh. But I also usually drive through the middle of the night, so there's not a lot of people on the road. Right. Yeah. If I'm driving in the middle of the day, I'll usually go 81. And just try to skip 95 by DC if I can. Okay, well, 95 I, is a nightmare. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, if we ever go down, I'm, you're going to be the first person I talk to. So. Yeah, no, that's Great. something that um, is on the list because Sarah and I talked about possibly going down there for the veil. 
let alone I didn't know how close it, proximity at all was, but I know answers a little bit further out. Yeah, right. The the neighborhood. But they don't do cans either, right? They, they only started do, canning. Oh, really? Recently, I, that's what I should have brought. I have some cans out there. Oh wow! Mess, I don't know what the audience is, so I'll keep the swearing. No, 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 please, no, yeah. please, please. <laughs> the only one we I don't say. The only one we 21. don't say. But Nick will edit that out later. Yeah. Okay. We'll just hit bleep, bleep it. it. It's yeah. actually kind of funny okay. to listen to yourself get bleeped. Interesting. So if you want to say that, feel free. He just um, it. I don't even remember why I was going to swear, which is probably <laughs> meaning it wasn't necessary. Oh, look, there's um, a Hercules. You guys get my rejects because my icing's not piping well, and to be frank, I don't feel like making it pipe well. Great. <laughs> so Hi, sir. The conversation heart idea is passed. Now I'm just sprinkling the shit out of everything. Fair awesome. Enough. Thanks, Sarah. Oh, like those little candies. Yeah. I tried. But <laughs> What's wrong with it? I'm. It's not piping well. It's really airy, and I'm hungover at eight. <laughs> Were you overserved today? <laughs> she wasn't driving. Literally every day of my life. <laughs> She's a, you're kind of a light. You're kind of a lightweight. Super light yeah. Light, so if I'm not driving, I don't give a yeah, shit. But I'm also on antibiotics. Well, I just finished my antibiotics, and Whoa. it's like a horrible idea. Yeah. Well. We uh we're having some Maine and we're just talking. This to Trevor is Maine about and Half Acre. Trevor is convincing us that we need to go down to Virginia, even like, if he knows he's not next weekend. Us, like, like literally, like whenever. I would go in the spring and the summer too. The the river is it's kind of gross. Um, a lot of times <laughs> if it rains too much, like here, it's worse because they let like the septic leaks out into the river. So like, <sighs> you're like literally so like the whole place just smells awful into the river because the bacteria levels are too high. But, like <laughs> if you go on a day where it's not raining, you can go out on the rocks. And I'll usually like go out to the river, like jump a couple rocks, get out to the middle of it, and just you can start a fire out there because it's just not like you're gonna burn down a rock in the middle of the river. <laughs> yeah, and you know bring a cooler. But when the river's like safe, it's cool to swim around in and drink. That's awesome. Interesting. But That's a lot of people do like kayaking and rafting. Um, I think cool. it's the only metropolitan area in North America with class three or four rapids that go down the middle of it. So that is a claim to fame. They're not always that high, but like I think at their peak, they reach those levels. Wow. It's very cool. We're excited. I can't wait to get down there. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's small. It's easy. I think you can get anywhere for like a $7 Uber. Five oh, minutes. It's like, so easy. Oh, it's that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're Did very they, um, so like here, they started the, the brewery guild, right? Um, ben has the, the brewery, what is it, Jake? Uh, they call it the Bend Ale Trail. Yeah. Uh, Columbus has an ale trail. Yeah, sure. Did they do something like that? Or? They do. Um, the one down there was not, I was not a fan of it. It was run by the city, um, the, I guess the Welcome Center. What's the word I'm looking for? The, like the tourist center. <laughs> like when you come in and you're like looking for maps and places to go, it's like run through oh. Oh, um, I, the visitor center. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know the terms. So. Um, it's basically like if you pull off the that. turnpike when you're coming into yeah. Pennsylvania, type of thing. Yeah. yeah. And so they made the maps that were scaled horribly and led people to think that you could like walk everywhere, which is not true. Oh. And then um, they were never up to date. They had breweries that hadn't been around for a while and not breweries oh. that were new. And they also, basically, you just need to go to five spots, get five stamps, and then they provide the t-shirt or hat or one time it was like a weird pair of sunglasses with a bottle opener on the back <laughs> but after like a year they never never had anything to stock so people would come in and get their flight and be mad that you didn't have a t-shirt for them and ruined their trip 
So it was, it was a little unorganized. The one here is a lot better. The one up in Portland, Maine seems to work a lot better. Um, I don't know if I would consider that one worth the while. You're probably going to want to go to most spots anyways. I don't know if you really need the incentive of this little, right. little yeah. thing. I, want I love a t-shirt, though. <laughs> but you never know what it is. Oh, okay. Like yeah, one time, like... it was like a, just a bottle opener, and one time, it was like a really cool beanie. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> that sounds like really poor planning, just all around. Yeah, it was... It, well, the breweries didn't have... There's not... Um, I don't think there's as strict or as tight as a brewer's guild there yeah. as there is here. Right. I know they all get together and they'll talk about stuff, but I don't think it's um, quite the same. I might be wrong. Maybe I just didn't see it as much. I know Andrew is very involved with the brewer's guild. He helped found it, and so I hear a lot. Yeah, he's on him. the board. And, so yeah. I, I get to see that stuff probably more. Um, it's just more visible to me here, I think, yeah. than that was. So I, I could be wrong, but it didn't seem like they... It, n none of the breweries really down there wanted to really do that. A lot of people are coming to Richmond already because it's a beer city, so... Well, and with names <coughs> that big, it, it right. seems like they're selling themselves more than selling the mm -hmm. city. Sure. So I guess that would make sense, too. That's true. So, yeah, so let's start talking a little bit about dancing now. So Wait, 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 no, no, let's, let's, uh, let, let's grill him a little bit first before we talk about dancing now. Okay, go ahead. I'll grab another so, beer, you start. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, so we ask all of our guests uh, what your top five emojis are on your phone. Uh, why did you start with that one? I just like that one better. Like you want me to, it's like, super easy, yeah, I just now. want you to look and tell me what it is. Uh, you, you're an iPhone <laughs> user, I assume? I am. Do I okay. go across the top? No, it's yeah, the it's down the, the left side. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, just just spit uh, it out. <laughs> oh boy, it's the first one is hard eyes smiling. Okay. Second one is winking with a kiss with a heart. <laughs> Third one is like the rock on symbol. Fourth one is like, I kind of think this looks like a whiny moaning face. Oh, is it like the? Yes. Yeah, I, I I'm see. I'm weak. Like the, the one that I use. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I use that one all the time. <laughs> and then the, what are we doing? Top five is like the one where it's just like kind of passively pissed off. I don't know if you can describe just like that the, any better. Yeah, the, the meh face, I guess. I don't know. That one's that one's the like side eye yeah, kind of, of. It's like rolling your eyes kind of is yeah. what it looks like. The, it's not the finish. eyes straight up, though. It's not like the big cartoony eyes. It's the one where it's like, what would you call like the side eye. Uh, just like over it all. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's a good way to describe like, it. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I use it for. Some of these, though, are, like, really interesting. Like, in my tops, I've got a little black square, a little white square, a black and white square, and then two circles. I'm not sure how accurate this is. I, this might be, like, more recent. It's, I don't know. They, yeah, I mean, some like some of them, I swear, I've never used before. Right, but they just pop up. up. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, mine is pretty much consistent. This is pretty consistent for me. It's, like, crying, and then it's, like, the, the like, the, like, because like I use it to mean like I'm like oh my god I'm laughing so hard I'm weak. Which one? The one I said this was one. like the whining moany face. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Eyes, eyes. I started using eyes the after eyes are we cool. talked to um, uh, what's his name? Shane. Yes. From uh, Steel City Beer Wholesalers. Yeah. Um, and it's my favorite emoji uh, <laughs> uh, ever. The eyes, just just the eyes to the left, right? Like yes. it's just like it's it, it's so useful. <laughs> it really uh, is. Yeah. And That's I also one. started using the the like the dark blue outline like shouting face what 
Like, for, wait, let me looks, see. The one that looks like clip art? Oh, my god. Yes, it's so good. It's so good. It's Come, so on. Come on. It's amazing. No, that's absolutely right. It's yeah, good. like word art. <laughs> and then, yeah, like, okay, so also, the follow-up question. If you were going to use a heart, which color heart do you use? Oh, that's a good one. And black. Black? Yeah. yeah. That's, Sarah, that's... Yeah, that's pretty song. much the standard. Because Sarah's house, metal so. as fuck. <laughs> she is. Um, I usually have, like, I, orange. So, like... The thing is, that question, as much as you red, bitch about it, like the pink one with like the weird. Oh yeah. You, do you not? Do you not <laughs> scroll through the emojis? Dude, I there's to... too many, and they update them like every five days. Yeah. Oh, no, there's new ones coming out actually. Too. This yep. is what um, I'm saying. Here, hold on. <laughs> Did you realize though? I didn't know this. Okay, so I'm gonna. Like, I'm gonna drop red, some orange, yellow, green, blue, oh, wow. purple, black. What's that one with the ribbon? Which one? This one. Yeah. Is that like the mom tattoo? Kind of. Yeah, that, but it's uh, cute. No, that, uh, yeah, that's a it's little bit. It's like though. a hard, like present. I like to use this one because it's Sparkly. very, it's very fancy. Apparently, apparently, there's a universal like emoji approver, right? Like, so even yeah. though Apple has their own right. and Android has their own, there's like a third party. There's like somebody that like you have to put it to them oh, in order to make it be a thing. Okay. And so like Apple gets to pick which ones they want to put in the phone and like that kind of thing. So like there's an emoji <laughs> company. Okay. And then Apple goes, yeah, we want those and they make 750. And they have their designers slave over it. And yeah. Pay them very well, I'm sure. And then, like, Android <laughs> does the same thing. They're like, yeah, we want these 750, but we want them to look like Android. Yeah. Like, you know. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, okay. So uh, I want to get into this one because I've seen this one on uh, Hop Culture. This is a phenomenal I really want to try it. It's called Yacht Party by Charlestown from Anarie, which is one of our favorite. They were movies. one of the top. At least from top five from Dancing Gnome's birthday party. Birthday party, yeah. I'm sure you've had a lot they, from them. I love these guys. So Adam, um, who's the owner, mm-hmm. brewer here, actually moved to Charleston about the same time I did, but I didn't know him then. I didn't meet him until I had moved. Um, phenomenal guy. His assistant brewer who moved down with him from Boston. Um, Justin, also a great guy. Quickly became friends with them one time when I was just driving to Georgia and stopped in Charleston just... Stopped in and said hi, and we hit it off pretty immediately. Um, love seeing these guys. They make phenomenal beer, and they're doing it fairly quietly. Charleston, unfortunately, is a very big food and bev scene. I think people's idea of craft beer, though, is giant Jenga and rooftops. Not quite the quality of product that they're putting out. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I feel like, um, in general, like the beer community is pretty open to like meeting people and being very... Uh, Thanks for ruining the moment, Jake. Uh, Just ruined the whole podcast. Crop it out. Now we have to start again. <laughs> maybe do a little. Maybe do a little bit of work as the editor of this podcast and just edit that out. No, <laughs> I won't. A, you're an ass. You're such an ass. You do fucking nothing. You sketch one logo that's not even good, and you and think your weekly like, review oh, post. Oh, sucked. you mean the logo that we He's fucking so use for us. everything now? <laughs> Literally oh, half I'm his the podcast is just fucking logo. Fuck you guys. He's not here to stick up. He's so easy to pick on. That's a stupid hat too, you son of a bitch. Dude, fuck you. You should see the you should see the bomber I just bought. It's like a wool bomber. I look like a fucking sheep. Wait, wait is it? It's denim? actually fire though. Is it like, like lined with really sheep on the inside? Too. Here, I'll show. No, I can like, show you. It's it like live. A, oh Jesus! Is it, have you seen that subject? Is it like hide? Like. <laughs> It's, it, it's one of the. It's like it looks like it's Patagonia, but it's like another like rich white people brand. Pendleton, I think, is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Look at nice. that plaid. Come on. Yeah. That nice, screams nice, white people. The nice little white plaid people. square. It's got the like, 
you know, it looks like a sheep's wool, but it's actually really warm, and that's why I bought it. Lenlin, like like sheep's wool. No one knows so, what I'm about. That was okay. Anchorman, by the way. Oh, I, I, that yeah, I um, wouldn't have picked that up. <laughs> so anyway, what I was saying was, I, I feel like most people in the in the industry are at least approachable to people who are in the same like circles type yeah, of thing. Like, um, I think a lot of people, I think some people might tell you it's kind of clicky, but I think for the most part, the majority of people are pretty open to um, talking to you at the very least. <clears throat> um, I've been fortunate enough to work at some pretty great breweries, so I've had that to kind of name drop, which I'm sure is helpful, but yeah, it's, it's a very working. small like the industry itself is pretty small so you see people everywhere so if you're kind of a shit person everybody's gonna find <laughs> out um are there some shit people don't name drop we just want to know in I general know. i mean i don't know have I don't, people been i feel shady? like we're decently shit people honestly like i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't really think so maybe people that don't get along sure but i don't think anybody's like outwardly like against other people yeah i i don't think you would survive because there's so many festivals that go on and tap takeovers. Like when I was at Triple, we would always send beer up to New York for a couple beer bars up there or like DC. But like if you're kind of douchey, nobody's going to want to like put your stuff on. And then it's literally just on you to sell everything out of house. Mm-hmm. Now, how does that go? Because I mean, I guess that's that kind of an offshoot of the question. But um, so like I know. Half Acre, for example, you can get some of it on tap in Philly, occasionally, right? Like they sure, they yeah. they know people there. They're like one of them is from there or something. I it, there's some sort of tie to Philadelphia, but it just skips over Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's just up to the brewery. Yeah. Um, most places you'll need to have a state specific or city specific, or maybe region specific distributor that you team up with. Like when we were sending stuff up to New York, we would um, we had had to sign with a new distributor just for New York, who also I think put us in touch. Triple Crossing will send stuff to Europe sometimes, um, Spain or France. Dang. And oh, wow. I don't know if it's the same distributor. Um, is it? That's not twelve percent. It is twelve percent. Okay. Yeah. I, we, yeah, I that's mean, that's who they're using, or they're helping. Twelve percent's helping them get in touch with people over there. But so we, like, we actually. Um, so when we interviewed uh, Shane from. Uh, Steel City. He works with those guys. And so yeah. it seems like they are like it's it's a really like hush hush like what exactly they do, but they are in <laughs> like in with everybody. Yeah, they've it's got weird. an extremely impressive portfolio and I believe they've signed the Shelton Brothers portfolio for New York, which if you're not familiar with Shelton Brothers, they do a giant festival. I believe it's always in Atlanta, maybe just somewhere in Georgia. Um it though it could be in different places every year, but they are the people who have like uh, Dre Fontaine and Cantillon and oh wow! Like I believe Sheldon Brothers also has like Jester King and Fonda Flora and Arizona Wilderness. Maybe not Arizona Wilderness, but a lot of the big names are signed to Sheldon Brothers. Even if they're not giving them beer to be distributed, they are signed with them. That's crazy. Um, it's very well respected uh, catalog that they have. It's yeah, it's pretty cool. And then twelve percent, I think, carries their stuff. In New York, and I think in at least Virginia, Revelry, which is kind of the offshoot distribution company from the Vale, carries the Shelton portfolio down there. That seems like a lot of big names. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> um, yeah, that I mean, 
even if you're not really into like the craft beer scene, there's a lot of names that you just mentioned that are at least like pings for some people. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm sure like you haven't been doing this for very long. Yeah, I mean, you haven't been really into the craft beer scene for very long. And um, Jester King, I'm sure, still stands mm-hmm. out to you. Like, you know the yeah. name, right? right? Like, we've never had a beer from them, but right. like, that's that's something that I feel like 12% has a has their hand in a lot of stuff that we see in Pittsburgh and nobody knows that. Yeah. Like, um I don't Pittsburgh distro is so weird to me. I still don't know all the rules. Like breweries <laughs> are allowed to like self distro. We can just drop beer off where we want to within the city, but I think to bring in stuff from outside you do need to be with a distributor. So like bottle shops and beer bars probably have a better grasp on that. Yeah. 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 And that's something that like um Hal's right over the hill here. Um, we've talked about them before and I mean, they get a lot of stuff from everybody. Like there's basically like three main distributors in Pittsburgh that bring stuff in from outside. And what we see is, I guess Steel City is really the one that has most of the 12% stuff because that's their contract or whatever you know like you're not you're not seeing 12 percent distribute through three different distributors it's like all through one so sure yeah they'd probably prefer to keep the portfolio together i would imagine yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of what i was thinking but sorry i didn't mean to get off topic there i just thought oh that no was... that's an interesting point i think um if you're ever in the area where the shelton brothers festival is being held i would highly recommend it um as far as 12 percent goes have you um, been there no, no. But like last year's was insane. I listened to a lot of podcasts about people that were there. They had some interviews. I um, there was a I think there was a good beer hunting one with the guys from American Solera. That was pretty cool. Twelve um, percent though, I believe, is I don't know if you guys are familiar with the brewery uh, Root and Branch. Yes. Um, I don't know the exact ties, but they are at least close with them and root and branch is pretty cool. I believe they're still gypsy brewing. Um, they do a lot of collaborations with a lot of cool people. Um, they did a Hudson uh, Valley dancing them, right? No, or not root and branch. I, maybe, maybe I missed that. I, I thought mm-hmm. I might be way off base with that, but I you thought they the did with the beer, what the can looked like. No, I don't. Um, not off the top of my head anyway. I'd have to research, but <laughs> sure. There are, th- no, maybe that was the one from... There was one from New Hampshire. Deciduous. No. It was like it was something like Root and Branch, but it was like something in Fran or... Oh, yeah, Henry and Fran. Yeah, yeah Henry that, and Fran. Okay, maybe that's... Yeah. yeah that's probably maybe that's where I'm drawing the... But I know we follow Root and Branch. <laughs> yeah, they. I have had one of the beers and I enjoyed it. Um, people rave about it. So that's... You have another thing... 12% has their kind of foot in that door. Um, another good brand to watch out for that's in their portfolio. So when they come to Pittsburgh, yeah. buy that shit up. Hopefully soon, yeah. <laughs> um, um, okay, so let's get into our... The only other question we have for all of our guests is what are your top three beer styles? And there's no rules. I mean, if you want it to be oh, double, triple, <laughs> single IPA, fine, whatever, but... In, Whatever you, in ascending order, so three, two, one. Like, is it styles I respect or what I will drink most often? Yeah. 
whichever uh, whichever you prefer. Let's yeah. let's put it that way. Like <laughs> like what? Yeah, I guess yeah. No, yeah, I mean, that's actually, that's an interesting point. I don't think anyone's ever brought that up before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you might not always, like, have them, but... It doesn't necessarily... I, I hate to say, like, Desert Island beer. Okay. But, like... Sure. No, I like that. Um, um, let's that might... say... I love just a single hop pale ale. Like, um, Triple Crossing, for the longest time, did one called Paranoid Eldroid. They actually just brought it back. It was an all-citra hopped pale ale. Um, I love citra. Beautiful beer. Um easily could have been marketed as a single IPA and probably would have done a little better initially. But extremely drinkable, not aggressive at all, but a ton of flavor and a decent amount of body for a beer of that caliber. Um, Dancing Gnome does a couple too. Pharmacon is an all-mosaic one, and then Wishbone was an all-citra one. So I think single hops pale ales are great. Um, just for ease of drinking, amongst other things. Yeah, for sure. I'll throw that up there. Um, that'll be like my hoppy side. I, I drink a lot of hoppy beer. Um, places I've worked, that's kind of been what they've specialized in. Um, a lot of Pilsners lately. Yeah. A ton of Pilsners. Um, that's a first, I think. If I could yeah, get I so too, a yeah. beer all the time, it would probably be anything from Suarez. Um, their lagers are insane. I think anybody that's been there and had their stuff would tell you that it's just a level of refinement that's not seen very commonly outside of maybe Hill Farmstead and some tired hand saisons. But I would say Suarez, we'll say Suarez beer because I think that's kind of its own thing. It's They do a lot of lagers and pilsners and then they do a lot of, they call them country beers. That's their um, <clears throat> mixed fermentation stuff. They don't, I don't think they like to use farmhouse beers because they don't actually have a farm, but they are kind of out a little more into upstate New York and the countryside. Um, is it mostly like wild fermentation then? I would imagine, or I'm not I don't know. I don't know sure on all their stuff. I haven't seen a lot of their actual brewing equipment. So I don't know how they're doing everything. Um, it, I would imagine most of its cultures that they have cultured up are stuff they have proprietary blends of yeast that they like. I don't know if they have a cool ship or anything, or if they do any open fermentation. I'm sure they could. They definitely have the space. I just did not get a huge look at what was going on. Um, so we say pale ale's that and. Number one. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I really should have thought of three and then ordered them. But <laughs> no, I mean, I no, yeah, ever, I don't think you were ordering them. Were, like just yeah, like, um, like what? you were really just bringing it to. And those are that second one's pretty broad. Well, you, I mean, you, you've been a part of this for a really long time, so I, I'm sure that you've had really good beers in every style. So I'm sure it's difficult to try to pick three. The more I think about it, like, I've had so many good Pilsners lately. I had one when I was up at Oxbow that was phenomenal, and obviously the Suarez stuff. Well, I, I mean, I remember the one time I came in and I was like, pick your favorite, and you picked, like, the lager that they had or something like that. So I, I yeah. found that very interesting because everyone, it seems that we talk to, is so into, like, hazy IPAs that it kind of seems like that's what people, I mean, generally yeah, definitely. gravitate I think towards, so... Being in the industry, I've definitely seen some swings. Like, hazy beer is still a predominant. I mean, it's a moneymaker. That's what a lot of people like. It's a very easy entrance to the you know, to the, the, the hobby, to the craft beer scene. Mm -hmm. um, and then you could start to see when people started doing kettle sours, like quick sours with fruit, and that kind of came and went. I think bloggers will probably be next. I think the industry drinkers are usually a couple years ahead of the consumers, so... A lot of people I know have been drinking lagers specifically for a couple of years now, so it probably will flip. You'll probably see the pendulum swing. 
um, people will start probably liking cleaner, crisper beer because I think, one, their palates may be overdone with like heavily adjunct stouts, extremely fruited sours, and extremely hoppy beer. Two, because more brewers are brewing it and brewing it more consistently and at a higher quality. So the stuff being showcased to them is better, so they get a better representation of it. Um, that's kind of like a side talk, I guess. But I think that's the, very I, interesting. I think that's, the pendulum that, will probably swing back in the next couple of years. That is very a interesting. Lot of more clean beer. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, that's. I feel like that's we've, a point we've, we've talked danced about around, it. but we've never actually said like maybe people are just over all of like having so much flavor and so like so much yeah going on with all of these beers. Which I mean, we we've talked about before. Yeah, definitely. And I I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. Like one of the one of the standout beers from like two or three years ago when like we went to Lagunitas on our honeymoon and uh, in Chicago when they like first opened and they had that in the Imperial Pilsner. It was like 9% Pilsner, which is insane, but it was one of the most memorable beers of the trip because it was so different from everything else that was going on. I mean, back then it was big into West coast and it was big into like super hoppy, super Mm -hmm. like, just palate destroying stuff. I mean, even the stouts. I remember the stouts from back then. They were pretty bitter too and chalky, and yeah, they were very intense. But it was either like super boozy from bourbon barrels, or it was like extremely bitter and chalky and dry. Yeah, just everything was cocoa nibbed to hell and back. Yeah. and like, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, that was like one of the ones that like we went to Goose Island, and uh, it was September, so they didn't have BCBS, but. Like, they had a couple of Belgians, they had a couple of, like, there's a ton of different ways that the industry can go, right? And, like you're saying, I, I feel like loggers and pilsners are coming back around, for sure. Like, I, I'm wholeheartedly agreeing with you on that. Yeah, there it's, it's, um, it's interesting, because it might not happen, it very well might, they're, they very well might not, they're, um, they take a lot longer. They are hard to hide behind things. You can't just throw some fruit puree in it and call it something else. Um, so to dedicate space and time for a beer that you're going to be selling for less anyways that people don't want is kind of a scary thought, I think, to most people, especially if you're not comfortable brewing that style or that's not what your consumer's used to. Um, it's something I'd like to see. Um, Triple Crossing and The Vale have both put out some really great loggers in the last year and a half. Um so I think Richmond's kind of getting on that. I know Bingo, the place I mentioned earlier, does a lot of that stuff. Ken, one of one of the guys there, is a phenomenal lager brewer. So it'd be nice to see that push in that city, and I think a lot of people might follow suit. Do you feel like um, there's there's like a place in the U.S. or a place like just a general area that would be like driving the force of beer? As far as like what you're gonna see next, uh, that's a really broad um, question. Really kind of, it's. I feel awkward. like it's always kind of been <laughs> West Coast. It's always outside of like New England style IPAs. I feel like it's been California. Yeah. Um, I, there's just so many big names out there that have been so big for so long and done so much and kind of rode the waves. They might not be super prevalent now because everybody likes going to like the old other half where it was a hallway and you couldn't stand. <laughs> but they made amazing local, yeah. hoppy beer that you could get extremely fresh, extremely local. Same with Treehouse and Trillium. Um, 
a lot of those guys that have been around for five, six, seven years, Tired Hands. Um, even though, like, Tired Hands is a good example. Even though they keep expanding, it's always something different. It's not just, like, let's just open up something that's ten times this model and just make ten times the, the same volume. Beer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, like, when Tired Hands open up something, you notice know, with a new concept, and it might be with, you know, food involved, or it might be with experience involved, but they it's just like the entire tired hands experience is supposed to be taken as like an experience like the more there are places you can go to and knock out the better i think because they have so much to offer well yeah they have what three different locations currently yeah they've also got the beer garden which probably isn't obviously operational right now but they're opening up a spot right there too at another spot well they will also i think have kombucha and coffee that they make i was reading a post about it (laughs) i didn't read the whole thing that's crazy yeah gene's doing some crazy stuff So I haven't said much, but I want to I want to jump in here. Um, I I feel like I am always the one who talks about how I think that there is a there is a tipping point to the craft beer industry. You literally are uh, somebody who as somebody who has worked in the craft beer industry for the last four or five years here. Um, how do you see it progressing? How do you think that it needs to change in order for more and more breweries to continue to enter the market? Because it almost seems to me like there's it just becomes too flooded after a certain point and, and not sure. enough people like, I feel like everybody can make pretty good beer, but there are going to be places who suffer. I think that's the point. Um, there are a lot of good breweries and there are a lot of good brewers as assistant brewers right now. I think a good example of that is Dan Suarez. He was one of the first brewers I think up at Hill Farmstead and he basically helped Sean Hill open that place. And he brewed there for five or six years before he left and opened up Suarez family brewing. And I think You'll see some fall off, and I think the fall off will be the um, investment bankers who had a little bit of money to play around with and wanted to open up a microbrewery because they thought it could get more money, or they thought it could be cool, or it was maybe a cool hobby. Um, they might get lucky, and they might find a brewer who knows what he's doing, and they might have a good idea. But I think those places will start to go under. Um, you don't really have, you know, a year or two to figure things out anymore. When you open up, you have to have a quality product right away. On premise and also take home options because that's what everybody else is doing so you don't have time to figure it out nobody needs to give you time to figure it out everybody already has a local brewery yeah so i think those places will go under and then people will leave you know somebody will leave triple crossing and venture out and buy some lately used equipment from a place that didn't make it and then you'll get another quality brewery and i think the competition will get harder and it'll probably be waves up and down like that i think some people will leave maybe prematurely because they can get equipment for cheap and maybe they won't make it and then someone else will take their stuff. I think it will kind of just go up and down. I don't know if it will ever like pop. We just recently passed the number of breweries that there were in the country before uh, Prohibition. So, Which is a big thing. Yeah. I feel like that's something that's always talked about, right? Like the, the pre-Prohibition... <laughs> Like everything was everywhere. You see distilleries yeah. popping up all over the place. You see craft beer. You see the the big names trying to dive into the smaller section, right? Sure. And we talked. I, I don't know that we talked directly about this, but like when you see some place close down, most of the time there's somebody there waiting for that equipment. Like yeah, definitely. Um, I forget what the name of the brewery is. I think it's Big Rail. They're out near Indiana, PA, I think. 
if I'm... Mm, it kind of sounds familiar. They're, so they just bought up a bunch of equipment from an old brewery, and like I watched their Insta story of them moving the equipment and stuff like that, and it's like... I mean, there's, there's definitely a um, market for yeah, old equipment. So... <laughs> That's uh, that seems really. Had a slice of pizza. Sorry, but that seems like a really poignant like state, like yeah, state of the industry, right? For like sure. that's um, the only other thing I could think about that is like a lot of times when you're if you're in the industry and you're looking, um, you might have an easier time getting one just because you have connections. If someone's looking to upgrade their brew house and you know that and you loosely know them or you know somebody that knows them, you might be able to reach out and be like, hey, I'll buy your brew house from you when you guys upgrade. They're looking to get rid of it anyways. And because you have a connection and you've been in the industry, you might have an easier time than someone who is maybe doing it without the same background, without, you know, kind of doing it all for the first time. Um, I don't know. And I think the styles of beer will keep carrying it. <clears throat> you know, two years ago we didn't have sour IPAs. And now, now that's what think, everybody wants to do. We have a lot of sour IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> um, brute IPAs. Oh, yeah, brute. Um, that's that's, that's an interesting, interesting thing. Very interesting what, what's, your, what's your opinion on those? Have you had? I've had one. Oh. Um, I liked it. Do I don't know which I don't, one. It was from Bingo. I don't remember what it, it might have just been called brute IPA. I did enjoy it. I have nothing else to base it against, though, other than, like, what a Brute IPA is in my mind. Yeah. What I want it to be. It's not, so I don't really... We, it was a very enjoyable beer. I don't know how true to style it was. Yeah, I mean, we've had... Well, our New Year's Day episode, we did, like, three of them. I got and they were all of, very different. Oh, yeah. They so were all sure. very a different. A lot of East Coast I, brewers... I think it was, like, when New England IPAs first came out. Nobody on the West Coast really knew how to do it. They were just trying. So a lot of people here are just kind of trying, because it's a... I believe a West Coast beer is kind of like their answer to a overly hop, dry hop, juicy IPA. It was supposed to be something cleaner and drier. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted it to pour like champagne. It's, yeah, it, I it think it's honestly, yeah, it's like, like partial misnomer, and it really sets itself up for failure. Yeah, that, I mean, that, we, like we, I think we all kind of agreed that like you could probably err on the side of overcarbonating it because it wasn't like. It, when you drink champagne, like you're drinking like half air, like right. it's an extremely you know like mouthfeel based beverage. Yeah, so it, it, they're they're all kind of underwhelming. Like we had one from Stillwater, the double. They have a they have a double extra extra IPA. yeah extra extra. And I, I I'm in love with Stillwater. I'm have you have you had anything from them? Yeah, not a lot. But they're a they're a twelve percent. I seek them out all the time because like, they're one of my, and they're they're a nomad brewer too. Yes, right? yeah. Um, I did like read a little bit about their newest series, uh, the Predanoral or I forget what it's called, um, but they're doing like a wine wine beer like cuvee hybrid kind of thing yeah um aged in a bunch of different wine barrels yeah their stuff's really cool but i i mean back to what i was saying like it i was really excited for it because i like a lot of their stuff but you know i i don't think i've ever really been impressed with like that style generally but yeah you know um yeah so let's uh let's let's talk about this beer that we're doing yeah i i really want to shout this out because uh, uh sean uh our good friend sean who 
gives us a lot of different beers. Got us a very green from a recent trip to Treehouse. This was canned on January 16th, so it's not even a month old, Yeah. right? Um, which I'm very impressed with, honestly, being able to drink this that quickly. Um, I've never had it. Jake, you've had very green, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I'd probably pick that as like one of my favorite beers all time. Like the first time I had it, it was one of those beers where like the first time I had it, I, I was like in shock. My like jaw dropped and I was like, holy shit. Like this is what really good beer tastes like. And tree, I mean, Treehouse makes such good quality products that almost everything I've had from them, aside from maybe like one or two beers, and I've had I've had probably a dozen or more from them. I think like that's that's one of the best beers that they make. Yeah, so it's like it's, it, it's super fruity. Yeah. It's it's really smooth, super cloudy. Obviously, they're they're one of the forerunners when it comes to New England style, right? Yeah, I mean, after, like, the, I think there's, like, quite, I think it's the contemporary, the modern-day New England style. I think a lot of people will throw out the stuff that Main Beer Company and um, The Alchemist had done and really set up the stage. Treehouse Trillium, probably Tired Hands. Um, so those are some of the guys that do, like, super hazy, orange juice looking. Yeah. Um, it's also <laughs> over the top. It does. Yeah. For sure. Kind of what you expect when you when you hear the words juicing hazy or New England style or East Coast IPA. Treehouse definitely and Trillium are probably the first two that come to mind. Do you um <laughs> so it, it seems like you have kind of a affinity towards tired hands just in time. I I do. I think they're I think they have such an interesting thing going on. Um some of the best beers I remember having over the last two years are some of their like oak aged lagers that I got like a you know a magnum bottle a, a liter and a half bottle for $25 $30 and wow. it was such a phenomenal beautiful simplistic beer so finessed and not really sought after not extremely hyped up just very well made their hobby stuff's phenomenal um they what they started the milkshake craze um I've yeah. had I've, I've, I've had a number of those they're they're enjoyable to drink. Um, we have Gene, very diff. We we have very uh, opinionated outlooks. Opinions. We have very <laughs> yeah. opinionated opinions. They're, no, I, I, I they, the stuff they. I mean, they did. A, I believe yeah. they did like a pizza or spaghetti beer too. Maybe it was a pizza beer. They put in like a bunch of tomatoes and stuff. And I've had what? Though, if you follow them, you'll see they do like they'll do a single cask and they'll put it at the brew cafe. And it's just it's maybe it's Alien Church, but. You know, this cask is conditioned on dandelion and mango. <laughs> That's so and weird. And we've got a cask of it, so come and drink it. It's maybe 50 cents or a dollar more than a regular one would be. And they do a lot of experimental stuff, but I think Gene understands flavor profiles so well, not just in beer. Um, if you go to any of their restaurants and eat, you'll understand what I'm talking about. He just understands kind of what how should to put taste. stuff together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's... And they're, yeah, That's anything really what you, you can want. get from them in a bottle, I would get from them in a bottle because it's really good. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely like Tired Hands. I usually not for the reasons that other people do, though, I guess. Everybody really, their hobby stuff's great. Um, Alien Church is a great beer to just have in the fridge. Um, I've enjoyed a handful of their stouts. 
but I've always been impressed with their mixed fermentation stuff and their Oak Age program, their loggers and the See, less that's, sexy stuff. That's kind of what I want to hear, though, honestly. Yeah. Like, because you I go mean, to these I feel places. Like we're, all, we're all, yeah, I mean, we're all kind of getting tired, which, I mean, goes back to what you were saying about, like, people just getting tired of the hazy stuff. Like, when I go, like, I. You know, I figure everyone can kind of do a hazy New England style IPA. Like, I'm more interested to see what else you can do. Yeah, like what's a, what's a lager taste like? Like what what does what does a craft beer lager taste like? You know, like that and kind of thing. And a lot of this, I mean, a lot of places don't really do it because that's not where the money is right now. But when they do have it, that's you know that's when you get the chance to to try all these different styles and stuff. So it's interesting to. Right, the people. Hear. I feel like the people who really appreciate beer are the ones who are like, maybe at this point starting to stray away from fruity, hazy IPA. I mean, I just this is coming from the guy who just said that uh, Fairy Green, which is like the epitome of a hazy double IPA, is my favorite beer ever. But like, I like to try different things. You know, it's it's I, I've I've had probably some of the best hazy IPAs I'll ever have, and. I'd like to, to see something else, like some like an amber or a, uh, some sort of English style ale or something like that. Where, like that, I feel like that's how you really know somebody's very good at, at brewing is that they can do those like odd styles that people aren't always craving. Well, yeah. So, to transition to like the dancing gnome conversation, like I mean, you've only been there a few months, right? Yeah. Yeah, but. so he's so Trevor is currently a bartender at Dancing Gnome. Just to get that out there. Is that your title? Is that your official title? Yeah, what is your title? Do you guys have titles? Or is that um, I mean I guess tasting that- room manager. It's uh yeah. I I bartend every night and you know, I get to do a lot of other stuff, get to see how a lot of other stuff works, but then you know, just making sure the tasting room's ready to go. Um, it's like a glorified Cinderella position. I get to kind of make sure everything's ready to go and and then I get to go to the ball sometimes and hang out with all the cool brewery people. <laughs> That's honestly the dream. That's what we dream of every day. Right. Um, and I guess we'll kind of get to do that on Tuesday, which we'll talk about in a bit. But yes. let's talk about dancing now. Yeah, so in your role, obviously you get to mingle with... I mean, you're, you're front line in that position, right? Being that you're pouring beers for the people that are coming into the brewery. But... You said you do other stuff. Like, is it, are you part of the brewing process? Are you part of, like, I mean, obviously packaging, stuff like that. Like, I mean. No. Um, if they ever needed help, like, happy to help. Would love to learn more about that stuff. I've had a little bit of experience in the past. Um, I've had a lot of experience with packaging. We just don't need an extra hand on the canning line right now. And that would make my days extremely long. I used to do those when I was in Richmond. And you would do canning all morning and then bartend all night. And it was definitely rough. Oh, I'm sure. Um. But I know, you know, if I ever want to go in and hang out, they're not going to say, hey, get out of here. <laughs> but, you know, I cleaning the lines um, is a big thing. I like to make sure the lines get cleaned between every beer, if not more. I'll usually go in regardless on a Monday, Tuesday, do that, take the faucets apart. Um, that seems like a very important part of <clears throat> the taproom experience. Right, like you want yeah, I think it the is. freshest, the cleanest product. Yeah, I like I like clean tap lines, and I also like being back there more because like when you go to change a keg, you're back there for less than a minute. So if there's a problem with a coupler or a line, you're not going to pick it up. But if you're cleaning them regularly and you spend more time with it, you'll notice a problem sooner. 
um, if you've got a leak or if you've got something coked up wrong or for some reason some lines pressure is just way too low the more time you spend around it the more you'll be able to pick that stuff up I think and if that stuff's fucked up that's on me because I know the beer's good they did a good job brewing it so I kind of have to make sure that that stuff's good so yeah um have you been enjoying your time at Dancing Gnome? How mm-hmm. long has it been? It's only been like a couple months, right? Yeah, I, uh, I moved back on Halloween and I started a couple days into November formally. Um, but I've known Andrew pretty much since a little bit after they'd opened. I came back up here to visit family and introduce myself and we hit it off. Um, I think I've known pretty much every employee they've had just from either them coming down and hanging out or me hanging out with them when I'm back up here. So I knew the entire team. I think I knew everybody on the team before I came back up here, so I had a pretty good relationship with everybody. Um, kind of knew what to expect. It took kind of some of the pressure off on getting to know people. Just had to figure out the way they do things and kind of try to... Try to fit yourself into their yeah. culture. Yeah, I guess so. You yeah. seem very comfortable now. I don't think you ever seemed yeah. uncomfortable. Um, Andrew and Mike have been some of my best friends over the last two years. Um, I've gotten to know a lot of other guys on the team. So it's been, yeah, it's been awesome. Definitely was extremely excited to move back and have the opportunity to be with them. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and we're happy. Yeah. Because we kind of knew you, and now we get to <laughs> hang out with you all the time because we're there all the fucking time. It's true. Uh, what's, uh, you know, I don't, you don't really have to answer this if you don't want to. Uh, what's, what's your long-term plan? Uh, do you want to start your own place? Do you want to... I think that's probably the dream, yeah. Sort of bounce around a little bit. What's what's the... I think, sorry, I cut you off, like, as soon as you open your mouth. Oh, no. We do it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's so weird to have to talk to an iPad. It doesn't matter. I think it is because there's not, like, a physical presence, and I'm, I'm, like, I'm queued up on questions. Sorry. But basically... (laughs) It's because we've been roasting you the whole time We have literally been grilling you the entire time with questions. Like, sorry. Like, we didn't... Yeah. But you're... You have very... Like, these answers are, like, are some of the best that we've heard from our guests. But we also... We also have that experience, like, every time. Like, every, every answer that we've gotten from most of our guests has been least... Like, we're on... We're sitting here just, like... Yes, we need. You're to very know more. like you're very knowledgeable, and yeah. I didn't know that until like right now. Like because like I, mean, I don't know, we talk at the brewery like, and we just like shoot the shit. But like, I don't know how much you actually know. Like clearly, you have a lot of experience in this, which is great. So it's and, and it's good. And it seems like you've not worked with a lot of people. So I mean, I feel like you're yeah. Set it's up an industry well. that I wanted to yeah. be in for a while. I mean, I think always maybe. I I got a lot of crap the other day because we had a big release yesterday and I wore. Everybody else had, like, T-shirts on from the release, and I had on a Coors Light shirt that said, like, Pittsburgh on the top from, like, 2004 that my grandfather gave me. And I used to wear it to middle school all the time, and I used to get, like, yelled at, and they'd make me turn it inside out. But I'd always wear beer T-shirts to middle school, and, like, they'd always call home. I had, like, yingling, yingling shirts and, like, Pittsburgh Coors Light shirts. I'd always wear them. I always liked the idea of beer and kind of, like, what that meant to me. My dad's always drank. I, like, my dad was a dad that at little league games or football games would he'd sit. put it in the igloo cooler like no he'd, he'd be out in the outfielder out on the other side of the end zone in the back of his jeep with a cigar and a six-pack just so he wouldn't bother any of the other parents with the smoke and <laughs> so like that to me that was just like maybe a little idealized and maybe a little fetish fetish fetishized 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 <laughs> what a weird word <laughs> that is a weird word <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah oh no it totally is i think so but um yeah so I'm having a good time. Basically, what Jake had asked is long-term goals, right? I cut you off <laughs> yeah. right after that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> no what I'm looking for. 
Um, he said, uh, opening up my own place. I guess that's like everybody's dream that gets involved in a brewery, no matter what your job is. Like if you go and you are helping on a production line or if you're a sales rep or if you're a part-time bartender or I think that's everybody's dream because it's such a cool thing. It's so much creativity, but it's someone's craft- craftsmanship too at the same time to kind of put your stamp on something. Um, that would be great. I don't really know. I'm having a great time doing this. Um, if I were to move on from Dancing Gnome, I'd probably want to do something really crazy and really different. Maybe. I don't know. There's a couple breweries in Italy that I really like following. I've never had any of their beer, but they do a lot of Italian and German style pilsners that are just like so insane and they sound so good. And they'll do, they do a lot of weird stuff sometimes, not in Germany, but I've seen some of the Italian ones do stuff where they have like a pilsner with rosemary and it just sounds so interesting and it sounds like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And obviously I'd like to go live in Italy for a little, but that would be like a cool thing to do. Maybe. That's cool. That's a good goal. Go clean kegs at a brewery out there and just watch how they do stuff for a little. Learn some Italian, you know, just get a second language. That's, that's cool. No, it seems like you're having fun, which is great. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think any of us on this podcast generally would kill to be enjoying our jobs as much as you are. It's cool. It's um I mean it's it's still service, so I'm sure it's you know yeah, I mean there's I've good days and bad days. Always been but. in the service industry and I don't know why. Like I don't think I'm that great with people. Yeah. I I think I'm can be kinda like sassy. <laughs> people don't get that though, I guess, which is good. Um, I mean I think you can't like you can't but you have to be because I like guess. if you don't I, I, people if you tell me I'm a people, people person people, I don't really see that I guess is what I'm saying like I think you I yeah no, which I, is crazy I would, to me because yeah. I like when I was in Richmond I like unless I had like set plans I'd just go home and like sit with my dog and like not even watch to just like sit with my dog and pet my dog and then like maybe go out and get a drink at the answer or something you just, it's it's interesting because I feel like like on this pod like you seem like you're a little bit more reserved than you are like at the brewery Oh, yeah, you definitely have to put on a show, I think, sometimes. Yeah. People expect it because it's their fun but time at the I didn't really <laughs> expect that, but, like, you're very well-spoken and... Yeah, sometimes, I think... Maybe not as, like... Off the wall. Yeah. Yeah, I think a good example of that is Blake from Hoofhearted. He's a really cool dude, and I like hanging out with him, but, like, he has to, he puts on such a show for social media, and it's hilarious, and everybody loves it, but, like, I guess then people expect him to be like that all the time. Yeah. Um... Like, they'll come up to him and, like, always want him to, like, say the funny things he says on their yeah. social media. But, like, he's someone that I've gotten to hang out with a handful of times, and it's really fun to just kind of chill with him. He's a really chill dude. Yeah, but he's, like, more reserved, not really, like, yeah, super I mean, outgoing, he's, like, in real life. Yeah, he, he is, and he's super friendly, but he's not, like, yelling in, like, funny southern accents with a mullet and, like, spitting beer. But, you know, you can tell that's still there, but... It's just, yeah, I think anybody in the service industry kind of knows you just have to put on a smile. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Cool. Um, yeah, so let's, well, I mean, I want to talk about, we got invited. I don't know. Did you get invited to Chris' house on Tuesday? Did you guys find out about that at all? Oh, no, maybe. I don't know. So, I don't know about it. I'm sure Andrew so, and, uh, Yeah, so, I, I mean, no one told us we're not allowed to talk about it, so we're going to talk about it. Um, I guess they're doing, like, a preview of their new location. Oh, cool. Yeah, where Collier. is that again? What's, it's Collier. Right. I don't even know where the hell that is, but I'm going to be going from work, and it's, like, an hour drive. So that should be fun. It's in the South Hills. Yeah. Somewhere. It's, like, southwest of the city. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah, so uh, they're expanding, and we got invited to a preview, so we're going to be doing that. Uh, and that seems pretty cool and exciting. Yeah, they've been I doing mean, a great job, um, and they're some of the nicest people in the industry. Even before I moved up here, I met um, a handful of them, owners, brewers, bartenders, right. once. And I saw them like a couple months later, and they all remembered me and were super hospitable and... Um, they make some great beer, yeah. Yeah, even beer aside, just some really nice people. I think that do things the right way. Do you get Do you get around to other breweries in the no, area? No, and they give me a lot of shit at Chris House because I never get over there. But then it's like <laughs> their brewers come and have beers while I'm working because they work in the morning. Yeah. But like, anytime Chris House is open, so are we. So I'm working. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like you, you so can't. can't it, ask much. It's like most of them. Like. There's only, like, a couple that are open on Tuesdays. Like, yeah. everyone's closed Mondays. Right. So you're not, like, you can't get around to a lot of these places. Sure. And that was, I mean, that was the one thing that, like, I noticed when we were up in Boston. Like, a lot of these places are open, like, seven days a week. That's always in Richmond, yeah. Maybe places are closed on Mondays, but that's it. Um, and the Answer and Triple Crossing are both open on Mondays. Everybody else is open at least six days a week, I think. Yeah. Which, I mean, sucks. And, like, a lot of these places close early... Which, you know, say what you want. Like, I know that you I guys, like... I love it. <laughs> you, I mean, yeah. No, like, we, like, we totally, like, we totally understand so, because we know how hard you guys work. Right. And how insane it can be, uh, like, for eight hours on a Saturday. Well, yeah. and, and, and Saturday, like, with releases and right. on down the line, I mean, I, I work in the retail sector, and I know that sucks because I'm on seven days a week, basically. I get my two days off, but it could be Tuesday, Thursday. It yeah. could be you know, Monday, Saturday, like every week it changes. At least, I mean, set schedules, one thing, but at the same time, like if you're at a place that, yeah, you guys close at eight on Saturday, but you might not get out of there till nine, nine thirty. Yeah, 10, we, we usually get know. out of there. I think we got out maybe a little later than an hour, like a little after nine. Um, we also <clears> come in a lot earlier, I think. When I was at Triple, we came in a half hour, maybe 45 minutes early, but we come in like... I'll usually come in two hours, maybe a little more early, and the rest of the tasting room staff will come in about an hour and a half early. Um, so on Saturdays, we're typically there from like 10 to 9. Yeah, see, that's a average. long day. Um, and I know... That is, that's an extremely long day. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> this is something that's come up quite a bit. Like, whenever I say, oh, yeah, I, I can't make it to Dancing Gnome because I'm working till 8, and they close at 8, um, I mean, I know... Like, Do you guys get a lot of shit for that? Yeah, I think recently we got a Yelp review or something that was like... I think all it really said was like, open till 8 on a Saturday, question mark. Nice business plan, one star, or like something like so that. So that, that's bullshit. I, I, I hate bullshit. that. It wasn't, also, we weren't always only open till 8. No, that was, yeah. it, it used to be 10. It came around about a year ago because we were running out of beer by Sunday, and we, we would basically have one beer on Sunday, no growler fills, no to-go options. So yeah. we cut the hours down. Um, we're still going to do our release at noon, and we're going to usually get a handful of people out for it. And then by closing a little early, we're able to preserve a little more beer for Sunday and then also for the opening uh, the next week on Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, which is that was that was going to be my lead-in question was, what's the reasoning behind it? Which is something that I mean I I've talked to Andrew face to face a couple of times. Yeah, I Mike, think that's the most fiscal reason. Nobody's going to lie to you. Like we all like getting out of there by nine. Like, oh yeah, and that's the thing. Like like half of it is 
for the if, employees. If anyone, yeah, if but, anyone has ever worked a service job, yeah. I think that they would right. would understand <laughs> that that's insane. Sure. And it's also and a little amazing. different for us. We're in Sharpsburg where there's not really a lot else going on at the moment. Hitchhiker's down the road, which is very nice, and it's good to have another brewery in the area. Uh, the bar across the street from us is putting a lot of work into it, and we go there and drink sometimes. They've actually got free pool tables, which is kind of cool. That's oh, awesome. That's sick. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy Karen's? Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, Karen. Karen's fucking... They had giving us She's free wild now. They She put in these windows a little bit ago that slide open, like garage doors. Um, they're like floor... They're probably like eight-foot windows that slide open, like accordion style, I think. And they also had live music the other night with the... It was like on that 60-degree day. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. That's God, we gotta awesome. visit Crazy Karen's. Yeah, yeah. Cool we're gonna do a Sharpsburg day. Right? But what I'm I was getting like... at is, right now there's not an overwhelming amount of stuff to do in Sharpsburg, and it's a little bit further out of the downtown area, or maybe like, you know, if you're in Shadyside or Southside or... Still a Pittsburgh address. It is. Or like, uh, <laughs> it is. We do have a Pittsburgh address. 925 Main Street, Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's sick. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but like, basically, if you come there at five and you're just looking to drink you're not really leaving and we don't want you drinking from five to ten double ipas or stouts right that's i don't know irresponsible Craft beer, <laughs> nobody's really wanting to host somebody that's looking to just get messed up it happens and you can totally get drunk off it nobody's going to stop you but we don't want people getting too rowdy on a saturday night that's not really like the goal we want to we make a good product so we want to present it in an environment that's similar and approachable well, you want to, yeah, you want a consistent experience and yeah. you want, you want to have that experience as many days as you can, right? You know, like, I mean, we get rip roaring drunk weekly on craft beer, but <laughs> you know, like I'm not, I don't ever want to be blackout drunk at dancing now No, because it's just not that kind of place. But, and a lot, I mean, a lot of places like I, I'm not like, it's not McFadden's. Right. Like, yeah, if you want to go get shit face drunk or tequila cowboy, yeah. you're not gonna get. Well, okay. Gonna if you want to drop, if you want to drop eighty five dollars to get <laughs> to get shit face drunk, have you been there once? Don't ever go there again. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, you will regret it. I went there for a goodbye party, um, so it was kind of like goodbye um, to tequila cowboy forever. Yeah. Yeah, goodbye to so. your money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and goodbye no, to your money. I really don't think I spent that much money. <laughs> they I, I mean, I drank Yingling. I had a couple of Yinglings. I probably spent eight bucks. Know. Yeah. Okay, they it's it's five dollars for a Bud Light bottle, which is to me absurd. That's outrageous. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, it's Bud Light. I spent too, so. for two lemon drop shots. Okay, it's vodka and like fucking lemon juice. Okay, twenty two dollars. What? I had a twenty in my hand, and they said twenty two dollars. I had to get my card out to pay the two dollars. You should have told them to do it separate. Make them run a transaction for two dollars. Yeah. It wasn't. It have. wasn't even for a girl that I liked. I, it was for this girl from high school, and she was like, "Oh, let's do shots." And I was Alex, like, "You don't like oh girls God, in yes. general, though." I do. That's true. We know. No, I haven't said anything gay this episode. How incredible is that? The girl we're only we're only an hour. In I can't hour say her name. Said I can't yeah, say her no, name on the podcast. Not, he would have okay. to believe it anyway. But um, she was like, "Oh my god, let's do shots!" And I was like, "Okay, I'll get it. That's fine." I had a twenty, and I was like, "There's no fucking way this is gonna be more than twenty dollars." That's twenty dollars. I was like, I was floored. I was like, "I'm never coming back here, <laughs> ever." Okay, so. <laughs> As we uh, as we wrap up this episode, I did with, bring up the Chris House thing. Oh, you did so, already. Yeah, so I, but we didn't really talk too much about it. Okay, so I figured like. So as we wrap up this episode, uh, we are the weekly recap. Um, let's. Uh, we didn't really do anything extravagant this week. 
Right. Now, this so, beer is kind of good. This, this is beer a, is, this this is, is beer really good. good. I brought a lot of lagers. Is, so this is a Pilsner from Alchemist. Um, uh, oh, yeah, man. I will take anything from Alchemist ever. So he's from Pittsburgh. He went to yeah. Richland, I think, right? Yep. That's Shit. pretty crazy. Yeah. I did not know that. Absolutely insane. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, That's insane. That but, is insane. But, yeah. And and you can see it in their um, social media, too, because he, like, wears pirate's hats. And he's a he's a yinzer. Who has been displaced. Yeah. Yes. He likes the pirates. That's brave. <laughs> well, nobody likes the pirates, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> I love pirates games. I, I, I do like, like going to the I don't like to, spending to yes. $8, no, not 8 like $12 on a 24-ounce White Claw, but that's fine. Yeah, fun. we went to a Pens game the other night, and it was expensive. It, 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 it like gets course. pricey, for sure. Yeah. Um, I will say... Some of the better experiences with craft beer in sports have been at PNC, though, mm. for me, because they do have a decent selection. I mean, it's not great. It's, you know, Southern Tier. It's it's the bigger players. Yeah. But you still have that option. Better, you you know, have that option. Right. Yeah. Um, Kansas City is one that comes to mind. Like, the Royals have um, Boulevard on tap and, yeah. like, stuff like that. But I think Trillium just did a beer specifically for one of the local Boston teams. Like, a beer. They gave it to the stadium. That's, That's cool. awesome. Yeah, I think it was Trillium. It might not have been. There's, um... I feel like Philly does a lot of that with, like, their beers. Like, the, the breweries in Philly tend to do, like... Everybody hates us, we don't care. Do you like, like going to Philly? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Okay, because we, I feel like we talked about, was it last week? It might have been last week. We might have mentioned it last week, because we, like, we've never, I would, I can't believe, so I don't know how many listeners outside of Pittsburgh you guys have, but people seem to, people in uh, Holland like us a lot. (laughs) We had one week where I swear to God, there was like 90 listens from the Dutch. That's crazy. (laughs) That's cool. Um, The Dutch are awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, the Dutch. (laughs) Threw up the peace sign there. I don't know if you, you could see it. Um, Pennsylvania is a fairly wide state. Um, I think from Pittsburgh, it's much. I you can get to South Bend and watch a Notre Dame football game quicker than you can get to Philadelphia. Almost probably not. I think yeah. it's closer no, to no, six no, hours. That's... But Philadelphia is a solid four and a half to five hours away. You can get right. to Baltimore, DC, Richmond in the same swing. Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati, Buffalo, um, <laughs> many other cities to drive Cleveland. directly across the Cleveland. state. Um, so I don't get to Philly as much, but I went a lot more when I lived in Richmond, actually, because it was a little more palatable of a drive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what? Two hours? No, probably like a little under four. Oh, but really? Again, I would drive through at night. I don't know how yeah. far south it is. It's Richmond so weird. Is. It's Richmond, weird. Honestly. They call it central, but it's pretty much southeast. It's like two hours inland, but it's fairly south. It's, it's also like maybe an hour and a half from the North Carolina border. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah, so it's south. Further south than you would think. Yeah. Like uh, our other brother lives in Rich or Lynchburg. Okay. So that's another is, hour north. Yeah. Which is closer. In the middle of goddamn nowhere. Yeah. Right. And he's like, "Come down whenever you want." And I'm like, "I, I would pass. love to, but we could no. get we can literally get to <laughs> to Richmond quicker than we can get to them." Yeah, and that's the weird like part. It like, looks like oh, it's closer, but it the, the, is, the way you, you go, like it's yeah. insane. Roads, yeah. There's like you yeah, have like to go through the mountains that. and stuff, but, um, but yeah, like Philly to me seems like a really cool beer scene. And for sure, 
Um, um, one thing I did want to mention when we were talking about Tired Hands is they are also selling their beer online now. Not in the U.S. Do you mean in Europe? Are they selling it in the U.S.? Yeah, in PA. Uh, you can you can buy it. Like there's like huh. twelve bottles or something you can get. And that's, that's about it. That's cool. I didn't know that. I know a couple places have started selling um, through McKellar. Oh, in Europe. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen. Like, uh, Levante was the big one sure. um, that does Mercury is their mm-hmm. shipping thing. You're, we're getting some. Yes, we are getting some. Uh, they but, just did a tap take over at Independent. Yeah, they did. Uh, they had some, they had, their brewers were at uh, the Beer okay. Hive down in Strip District, too. Cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I actually saw them. They were in town with the Grist guys. Yeah, because they were doing a collab for Breweries in PA, which is another very cool um Website. Magazine. <laughs> magazine, kind of. Yeah, they, they do some write-ups and stuff. Um, but We could call ourselves a magazine. <laughs> no, no, no we, we can't. We don't put out enough content. Podcast. Um, <laughs> we put out a fuck ton of content. <laughs> we do. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's wrap this up. Uh, thank you to Trevor One for coming on. One last thing on Philadelphia beer. Um, if you're in Philadelphia on a Saturday or just randomly on like a Wednesday or Thursday, there is a place they are, I think they call themselves a blendery. They only have cold side equipment. It's fermentary form. And it's basically they get um, unfermented beer wort from other places locally and they ferment it and then they blend it in barrels and it's phenomenal stuff. Not a ton of it going around, but they're open pretty much every Saturday and then randomly check their Facebook or Instagram to see when they're open during the week. They do a really great job. Um, And I'm looking for, they're probably two years old maybe now. So keep an eye out for them. They're making really good stuff. And Philadelphia does have a great beer scene. So that's that. So uh, we have a couple new cities to go to. Yes. In addition to the ones we already want to go to, which is, uh, what, Cleveland, Columbus. We're now going to go to (laughs) Richmond and Philadelphia. Have you, are you familiar with Platform from Cleveland? Yeah, um, I've had some of their stuff before. Did I don't you know, know that them. they're opening up a location? I did hear that, actually, yes. Yes. Um, yeah, We're actually, all very one excited. of their girls was in the other day. Um, one of the girls that works there was in uh, Dancing Down the other day. Oh, no way. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's opening up pretty quickly. So Yeah, there's supposed to be like a spring or It's in early Garfield, summer. so not <laughs> super far, but... <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, cool. Okay. So yes, thank you for coming on Trevor. We appreciate yeah, it so much. Me. We hope this wasn't a waste too... of your time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think we still have two, three, six or seven beers to drink and three cookies to eat. Right. Yes. Yeah. So we're <laughs> oh, going to get three is the minimum of cookies. We're going we're to get <laughs> crap face drunk after this, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Looking forward. Are you going to be a juicy bruise? I'll probably stop by. I'll be working, but I think um, I'll probably stop by afterwards. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we'll be at the late session. Cool. So we'll see. Please. That one doesn't start till eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. There's a lot of cool breweries going to that. I really want to see. I don't know if the answer is still coming. It'd be good to see those guys. They might just send beer, but then Hudson Valley is going to be there as well. I didn't know that the answer was even on the docket for that. Like They were initially, so maybe they're not (laughs) anymore. They might not be. I knew they were going to come. So this could be just very old, outdated information I'm falsely feeding them. (laughs) No that's one okay. listens to this anyway, so... That's <laughs> Not fine. this far in anyway. That's fine. Um, yeah. So we will be touring the new Grist House facility. <laughs> on Tuesday. Yeah, we're going to be doing that. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. 
We will definitely report back with live Instagram feeds the whole time. Yeah. We didn't do that this week. We need to... That's fine. Um, we had a guest. Yeah, it's true. We it was it was totally different. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Trevor, thank you for being here. Thank you for thank bringing Thank you for bringing beers. all the beer that you brought. This is, yeah, phenomenal. This stuff has been so good. Um, Jake, how's Bend? Uh, Bend is good. I know you guys haven't been able to see me for the last like 20 minutes, so I didn't like seeing anything and like cutting in because I knew that you guys were still talking. Uh, Trevor, thanks for all of the insight. I'm looking forward to catching up when I'm back in two weeks. Yeah, you've been gone forever. You missed the uh, Christmas party this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Fucking was dick. A, you dick. What's up with that? <laughs> that was the first time I ever had uh, Charlestown. And I think Triple Crossing as well. You brought some a couple, oh, a couple years, years ago. ago. But uh, I'll be back the, the 22nd of February. So okay. I'm assuming you'll be working that weekend and we'll probably, probably be spending a lot of time. We'll see you for sure. Cool. We're definitely going to see you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for everything, though. We'll, we'd love to have you back on if you're up for it. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. All right. Sounds that's good. It. Great. Yeah. So um, uh, an exciting week coming up. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Cheers. Hello, and welcome to the end of the podcast. You made it this far, so why don't you go and follow us on social media? At The Weekly Recap on Instagram. At The Weekly Recap 1 on Twitter. Or email us, theweeklyrecap1 at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week.